Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, and I am calling you or calling in from Roswell, Georgia, as always. The goal of our podcast is to share topics and guests that will empower you to grow as a confident leader in business and in life to the next level. Today, my guest is Andrea Haley Shankaran, and she is affectionately known by her students as the food guru. So all of you that are thinking of how to eat healthier, you screwed up your your January resolutions and you need a reset, you should get a pen and pencil right now. She helps entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs, as well as I'm sure men, to help them take control of their health with diet and lifestyle habits that you actually can live with and love to implement. The food guru and joyful health, Andrea Haley Shankaran, will empower women with the personalized diets and lifestyle habits that will lift their lifestyles. Our suggested title today, the one that I think you all are going to love, is How to Eat Healthier Without feeling deprived. Who wants to do that? Everybody raise your hand. Yes. (laughs) Please join me in welcoming Andrea Haley Shankaran. Well, hello. (laughs) Sorry. Hello. uh, Hello. (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about the importance of taking control of health and diet. And as I said, that's a topic that most people, um, if they don't, they should care about but it's always so hard to, to stick to it, to implement it, you know, get started and then stay with it. So hopefully we'll cover a lot of those things, but I like to give you a first question that's easy to answer, get things rolling. What do you call home? Oh my goodness. What do I call home? Well, I feel like I've created a home and an environment that allows me to be my best. Um, I live in Westchester County, New York, so north of the city in a beautiful residential community. I have a backyard garden. I have a desk, which maybe not surprisingly is right beside my kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, that actually helps me a lot because I can sort of jump up and down I've incorporated my cooking and food and lifestyle with my work, and I actually see those those daily tasks that we have to do as a break, as a way to reset, 
as a way to process thoughts, make decisions. You know, I'm, I'm stirring lentils and I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I should do. <laughs> and then go back with renewed inspiration. So home for me is, is a, is a beautiful place. And, you know, I, I spent my life creating it because I knew what I wanted for a long time. And I just feel very grateful that I have that now to live and share with others. That's so nice. You know, for me, the kitchen is my favorite place. When I bought my house in Atlanta here, the the house itself did not excite me. Mm-hmm. But the kitchen was had overlooks the green space. And I thought, I spend so much time in the kitchen. I'd love to be able to look out and see that every day. And that's what's so nice. Nice. And, and I do agree that, you know, cooking is a great, it gives you a pause Mm-hmm. in your busyness because you have to you know to be able to do those things those maybe mundane things of stirring a pot to give you time to think about yeah life, right so it's often. a mindset shift right when Absolutely. we can prioritize that time and see it as a valuable time it actually invites a lot of mindfulness into the yeah. day um like you said you don't want to cut your fingers. You don't want to burn yourself. And you have to think about the next thing and the next thing. So it really invites a lot of presence and mindfulness. And then in those moments when you have a little space, you can allow your mind to wander and process things that are happening in your day. And you know, we all need that. For sure we do. We do. Yeah. So you, um, you told us a little bit about yourself, but how do you help people? Right. So, um, you know, more and more these days, my students have been saying to me that I teach practical things. So I'm an Ayurvedic nutrition and digestive health coach. And so Ayurveda is this traditional um, science. Ayurveda means the science of life or the knowledge of life. And um, its foundation is really the five elements that make up all of nature and the universe and understanding that these elements have qualities Mm -hmm. and that these qualities reflect differently in different things and in different foods and in different people. Mm -hmm. So we talk about three body types and people can identify their body type, whether it's vata, which is air and ether, pitta, which is fire and water, and kapha, which is earth, primarily, and water. And so kapha people tend to be more stable, more solid, bigger boned. Pitta people are more that A-type personality, those leaders, the ones with a lot of focus and intensity. And the vata people tend to be lighter and airier and creative and pioneering and fast. They talk fast. They do things quickly. They have a lot of thoughts. And so um, when people identify their their body type or their dosha, they get a lot of insights into themselves. And then that becomes a starting place for the foods and the cooking techniques and the lifestyle habits, the practices that are most likely to be balancing for them specifically. So I educate um, people about this and My goal for everyone is that they can find their best, most aligned habits 
that bring ease and flow into their lives um, and bring them balance, uh, increasingly more and more balance so that the good things become easier to do. Uh, when you make a good choice, another good choice is easier after that. And that's so true. And, you know, I think that's what people struggle with is making choices. Absolutely. And, and worrying, is it the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. And so they don't do anything. <laughs> they, they get totally frozen in, in their decisions. Yeah. You started cooking to manage anxiety and stress. Mm-hmm. So what exactly do you do? Um, you know, how is cooking enabling you to do that? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> so the, the first lesson in my signature program is eat to feel good. Mm-hmm. And the purpose behind that lesson is to understand that there's a connection between what we eat and how we feel. And it's not just a physical thing. It's not just affecting our physical health. It's affecting our emotional health and our mental health. Mm-hmm. And so when we're not eating well, when we're not eating in a way that's aligned for us, um, we can be experiencing these wild emotions. And, you know, food cravings are a good example of that. And so we're, we're not feeling balanced. We can't, we don't know why or how we're, we're stuck in a rut. We're being, you know, influenced by all these different factors. Um, and so bringing that, you know, under, con- con- I guess, get- getting that understanding of what's right for you and starting to implement these brings more stability to the life. And could you tell me your question once more? Because I feel like I'm not quite getting the answer. No, you, you're explaining to us how, um, cook, how you manage stress and anxiety right. um, by cooking. You know, how has that helped you, you to be able to manage your stress? And, I, and I'd like you to also kind of touch on the last 24 months have been filled with stress. And, and you know, how have you helped your clients in that situation where, you know, stress eating is a big part of what a lot of folks went through this last 24 months. I need to take notes. There's so many good things in there. Um, So routine is one thing I want to talk about. Um, And okay. So first of all, how I manage stress and anxiety. So when I got started in this about 25 years ago, I was quite young in my early 20s, and I was experiencing a ton of stress and anxiety. I was a sensitive person, and I didn't know it. And I had been taking everything in and holding that in my stomach, Mm. um, leading to what I would call a sensitive stomach or just a tummy that was hurting all the time. And oh, it was difficult. And I happened to travel to Central America. Uh, for a two-month vacation, and I experienced something that changed my life. And it was two things. It was the quality of the food, everything being grown there, prepared there, eating very simply, just everything that was just locally available pretty much. And the second thing was my observation that the people around me seemed to be more present Mm -hmm. and more honest and open 
and somehow more authentic Mm. than the people back in Canada where I was living. And somehow in my young mind, I put these two things together and went, wow, this natural way of living, this simpler way of living, there's something there that I want. I want some of that. So I got back to Canada and I fortunately discovered a book on Ayurveda and the title was Life of Balance. And it started to show me this point about how what we eat is affecting how we're feeling and also how the food is connected to nature and how the food is connected to our consciousness. And so these things started to come together. And of course they came together only when I started to cook some of the recipes in the book. And as I cooked these simple recipes and as I observed how I was feeling, I then noticed Oh my goodness, I feel so much calmer. I feel so much better. I feel nourished in ways that I never even knew needed nourishing. <laughs> I I just and I I was really into I became so attached to it that I would go visit my parents and I would bring with me a big box of vegetables that I had picked up from the local farm and carried them on a 10 hour trip back to my family. (laughs) Mom, I'm here. And she wearing gifts, obviously upset, like my food's not good enough for you. (laughs) (laughs) But I need this, I need this. And that's how, how much of a difference it was making in my life. And I'm not like that. Now I'm, I'm much more, you know, free and and open. Um, But it really, what I do is I, I guide people step-by-step step to be able to cook a, okay, in a way, in a style of cooking that is more mindful, where they're engaging with the scents and the smells and the sizzling, mm-hmm. where they're using spices that maybe they've never used before, like turmeric and cumin and mm-hmm. cardamom, and they're, they're aromatic and they're loving it and they're loving the flavors of the foods. So they're learning how to cook in this new way. And that's inspiring to them to want to do more of it. Mm. And then the other key part is the routine. Mm. So, you know, I have students who've never eaten at regular times in the day (laughs) in their lives. Yeah. And I say, especially the Vata types, the ones that are kind of all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I say, please eat breakfast lunch and supper at the same time every day and they do it and I'm amazed I have great compliance when I'm in my students and they try it and the transformation is like night and day in terms of how much better they feel how much calmer how much more in control of their lives because having a routine actually takes away a lot of the difficult decisions it's, it's a way of controlling the chaos in our lives, actually, to just put a little bit of thought into creating that routine and even a little meal planning and knowing what you're going to make and having mm-hmm. these simple, easy recipes to make that make you feel tremendously nourished and alive. And um, yeah, it's, it goes like that. So is it vegan or is it, do you have meat in your diet? Right. So an Ayurvedic um, diet or Ayurvedic nutrition definitely includes meat. It includes 
all the food groups yeah. with the understanding that a food is medicinal or has properties. And so then what we look at is, are those properties good for you? And how much of those properties are good for you? <laughs> so the different body types um, have different kind of diets that mm. are more aligned, right? Like a heavier person, a person with more of the earth and the water element needs to be eating lighter foods, wow. lower fat yeah. foods, mm -hmm. more flavorful foods with pungent tastes that help to break through the buildup and the mucus that these people wow. tend to experience. Very interesting. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's like, you know, when it's like you've heard about the diet for your blood type, I guess that would be the closest, you know, where we literally have a diet for mm -hmm. body type. Um, but it's a little more comp uh, complex than that, because things change based on the seasons. Um, so a, a kind of underlying thing that I really teach is self awareness and body awareness. And the ability to tune in to, again, how is something affecting you? How is it making you feel, you know, and educating people so that they can make those choices on a daily basis with, with more knowledge. So I guess that really falls into what you call the eat well, feel well, live well kind of attitude or, or premise. Mm -hmm. um, so does, as you work with folks is that what you're trying to show them if you eat well you're going to feel well and in the long run your life will be better is, is that correct yeah you could say that you know eating well is the foundation for a life lived well mm. um, it is uh foundational it is very holistic and Ayurveda as a discipline is very holistic mind, body, and mm -hmm. spirit, always looking for root causes. And I, and I think that that self-awareness piece that always tuning in and noticing, and then being able to adjust based on that mm -hmm. is extremely empowering. Um, so as long as we get that piece in place, um, people's lives can be completely you know, transformed through that. Do you have your um, clients journal what they eat so they can like connect the dots that I ate this and this is how I feel? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. I do include a food journal and, you know, some students are more diligent with that, <laughs> but, but they know when they ask a question they say, well, I, I ate this, you know, last night, uh, should I have done that? <laughs> My first answer to them is always, well, how did you feel yeah. after you ate that last night? Right. Did you right. notice anything different, you know, in your bowel movements this morning? How do you feel the next morning? Because <laughs> uh, there is a time lapse effect. Yeah. You know, people might say, oh, I felt great when I ate that chocolate cake <laughs> and say, okay, how did you feel an hour later? How yeah. did you feel that evening? How did you feel the next morning? So or yeah, when you definitely. had that double cheese pizza. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but, but I want to make another point about that yeah. double cheese pizza, because <laughs> I'm very, very big on helping people to enjoy foods that they love. Um, and someone might love double cheese pizza. And uh, so can I give a tip on how to enjoy? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> For yeah. me, it's just having a smaller piece. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, that that's a good one for sure. Um, but yeah, so with the food as medicine knowledge, uh, what I would do with that double cheese pizza is I would add some nice fresh black pepper on top. Okay. Because that adds um, digestive support from the heat of the black pepper and the pungency to help to digest the heavy, rich, gooey cheese and bread. I would also add balsamic vinegar mm-hmm. because balsamic vinegar tastes wonderful with cheese actually mm-hmm. on pizza. It does. it does, right? And it's sharp and heating again. So because wheat and cheese are both quite sweet, they are heavy and they mm-hmm. cool and suppress the digestive system. So we're adding the black pepper, we're adding the balsamic vinegar. And then if you can have a side of cooked greens or maybe some arugula or Mm. even a salad with arugula. So now you're getting the bitters and the astringency, the fiber, and especially the bitter taste, which its quality again is to help digest and break up fats. So we're having the cheese pizza and we're loving it but we're providing the digestive support and the antidote for the cheese pizza in the meal so that we can enjoy that and not feel, you know, terrible the next morning. That's an awesome tip. (laughs) I hope everybody wrote that down. So why is it so hard for most of us to eat healthy? Well, okay. Um, I think that the biggest problem is utter and complete internet confusion. (laughs) Good one. Why would you say that? (laughs) Absolutely. It's crazy out there, you know, and what makes it worse is all the marketing. You know, one of my students sent me a link yesterday uh, for some turmeric superfood that's going to cure all of your nighttime cravings problem. And, you know, I said to her, Ayurveda has been recommending a warm spiced milk as a snack in the evening if you're hungry for, you know, millennia. Um, And here you have this product. The sales page was about 10,000 words long until at the end you're being asked to spend, you know, $60 to get Mm. this huge pile of stuff that you'll never use. (laughs) Sounding familiar? (laughs) And, you know, how many of our cupboards are filled with these kinds of um, marketing, you know, ploys and promises and, and, and science, modern science is really problematic because they delve into the minutia of the details and then come out with this crazy message that all of a sudden kale isn't good for you because it's got some ATBP2 that interferes <laughs> with the QRL in your spleen, you know, it's just it's, it's crazy and it's confusing. Um, so what I love about Ayurveda is that it is an ancient science. It is very complete. It is very complex, but it doesn't really change. And it hasn't changed for, you know, Ayurveda is as old as 2,500 years or even older, depending on who you ask. And that knowledge has survived and sustained and has that lived experience So I can always come back to this traditional knowledge and go, what does Ayurveda say? And that just gives me complete peace uh, within myself and in terms of what I'm doing. 
and I don't allow myself to get caught up in all these other things. <laughs> and that's what I provide is this. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I think you really touched on my next question is why do we fall off the wagon? And I, I agree. There's just so much, even texts coming in, you have the, the internet bombarding you, the television bombarding text now sending you messages on yeah. how you can do things. Yeah. Um, so how does a person go out, uh, go about eating healthier without feeling that deprived? You touched on a little bit about the pizza, but what else, you know, about the person who has the sweet tooth or the person that, you know, uh, doesn't like vegetables and, and fruit. Um, how do you help them to um, not feel mm-hmm. deprived? Yeah, well, for the sweet tooth. So the first thing I would say, if you're going to have dessert, have it after lunch, because lunchtime, our digestive strength is so much greater. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the ability to process a lot more variety. Um, the other thing is, I would educate the person to tune in more to the sweet taste in general. So almost everything we eat in the diet is sweet. You know, meats are sweet. Dairy is mostly all sweet. Mm -hmm. Grains are sweet. Most of the vegetables are sweet. Nuts and seeds are sweet. (laughs) Everything is. Um, And so first of all, noticing that and Mm -hmm. starting to get that sense of sweet under control. And then I would encourage the person to add more bitters into their diet because bitter is the opposite of sweet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people have different tolerances for bitter. And so start with what you can tolerate and just keep including that a little more, a little more, a little more, because that's what's actually going to reduce your need for sweet. It'll start to bring down what how much sweet satisfies you, you know, to the point where having rice is actually sweet and satisfying. Mm -hmm. The other thing is I'm a huge fan of healthy desserts. Um, By healthy, I mean something like a date square. Mm -hmm. So you take dates and warm them up. And I have a recipe I did recently with orange three ways. So we take the orange juice, the orange zest, the orange peel, cook it into the dates, have some good quality like Scottish oats or, you know, old fashioned oats. Um, You've got butter is a perfectly healthy food as long as you don't have too much of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you can get an unrefined sugar, um, something like jaggery, or there's this panela sugar at Whole Foods these days. Yeah, it's um, some... truly unrefined so it's it's different from raw sugar which is really just refined sugar with a few things added back in this one is just like cane juice that's been evaporated it's it's truly unrefined and it's Mm -hmm. full of minerals and so the more nutrition you get into the sweet with the fruits and the grains and the quality sugar and the quality fat and the minimal ingredients then when you have that, it doesn't have such a simple sugar kind of effect. It has more of a complex carbohydrate lasting um, benefit there. You're getting nutrition, you're getting some health qualities and you feel incredible because you're also getting some sugar. Um, And so having that, and, and I guess maybe making that because that's really hard to find 
out in the world. Mm-hmm. So um, getting yourself a recipe and I'll make up a batch and keep it in the freezer. Fortunately, so I have go. some self-control so I don't eat it all. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I have to give, you know, I'll also give it away, but keep it in the freezer. And then when you're really having a hankering for a sweet, you know, have one. That's an excellent idea. Yeah. So now we're kind of wrapping things up here, but I'd like you to share three things that you wish you would have known when you were 20. Now, maybe I should push that back, but you, you know, you, you really started your journey at yeah. in your twenties, but mm-hmm. you know, at that time, what, what were you searching for that, that, you know, now that could have really had even mm-hmm. more impact with you in. Yeah. Interesting. So this podcast is about leadership and confidence. And I actually got my start uh, working in kitchens. Um, It came from an inspiration over a pot of bubbling lentils one night that what I could do with my life and it was cooking. And so I started working in, in restaurants and I loved it. I was amazing at it. Um, I got so much positive feedback. I got so much gratification uh, from feeding people. However, I saw no future for myself as a cook. And so I have a lot of regrets over leaving the kitchen because of not seeing the potential in what I was doing. I thought I would be stuck in the kitchen the rest of my life. And I wonder what it would be like if I had stayed and because I was really good. I knew I was really good too, but I left um, and I got, ended up getting a journalism degree and learning how to communicate, um, which isn't bad. And I'm using <laughs> all, all of that. You and can now use that like a little bit. <laughs> full circle, right? Full circle. Yes. Um, so that was one thing. So I wish I would have seen the potential for myself in following my passion, I guess, more directly and earlier. Um, Okay, one thing I wish I would have known. Um, The other thing is, oh, gosh. Yeah, I guess before I discovered the power of cooking, I I just, gosh, this is a really difficult question. (laughs) You can just stop at one if you like. That's yeah, that was fine. kind of a, a long one, right? Mm-hmm. I, I guess a huge takeaway from my life is just the power of self-awareness. Yeah. And I feel like I wasn't very self-aware at that time. And so I, I wish I would have grown up in an environment where I was encouraged to be more self-aware. So if there's, you know, moms and parents that are listening to this, um, whatever you can do to encourage your children to... Mm-hmm. I guess, take responsibility to, to look within, to be more present with themselves, then that would be another thing. Cause there's no, there's no substitute for that kind of approach to life. Very true. You know, it's all about being accountable and um, really sometimes not having regrets. Mm. This next section is a fun thing for me. Um, Hopefully you'll like it. It's just really top of the head, uh, top of the mind. I'm going to give you five words or phrases and just tell me, you know, what it makes you think about. So the first one's easy. What are your top three favorite foods? 
top three, just if you could only have these three things, what would you want? Um, apples, yeah. leafy greens, and basmati rice. Okay, what kind of apple? I love the like tart apple. I can't give an exact name because I go to the farmer's market and there's two dozen different types of apples <laughs> and I take a bag. I'm in New York. We're the like mm-hmm. second largest producer of apples in the country. And I take some of everything. Um, the ones that are pinky red and large and crispy. Yeah, me too. I love a crunchy <laughs> apple. Yeah. Best trick for avoiding the bunchies. Ooh. I think well, yeah, um, a huge tip for your audience, three meals a day, no snacks, and have a complete meal. That's the only way that works is if you have a fully complete and nutritious meal and it's satisfying for you. So some of that is the how you eat. You need to sit down and actually know that you're eating and enjoy your food. And then you get the mental and emotional satisfaction and then you're good till the next meal. Okay. Smoothie versus a full meal. Oh, full meal, always. Treadmill or yoga? Because <laughs> uh, it isn't only about what we, you know, we do have to do some kind of motion or activity. So. I, yes, I'm loving my rebounder these days. What's a rebounder? Uh, a mini trampoline. Oh, it is amazing. You can get on there, control your movement um, and get two minutes and you got everything's moving, everything's flowing, your lymph is moving and you're breathing and you can get back to work. It's so awesome. Oh, and fun. I will have to, have to just check that out. Yeah. And the number one takeaway you want our audience to remember from today. Oh, I want them to... <sighs> I want them to prioritize cooking specifically. Cooking for yourself is so, so important. And I know it takes time and I know it's difficult. um, But whatever you need to do, if you need to gain the skills so that you can have more confidence, so that it gets easier, but just real food doesn't have to be difficult. Cook real food, eat real food, and your life can change. Okay, well, let me just, my screen has kind of, let me just go here. I lost you. (laughs) There we go. Okay, sorry about that. I wanted to get my PowerPoint up. I want to share with everyone your gift and have you talk a little bit about that. So can you see my screen? I cannot. Okay, well, let's try that again. (laughs) Vicki, I want to say you have such a calm and soothing voice. I know I do too, but I, so it kind of takes (laughs) one to know one, but. (laughs) Now, can you see my screen? Uh, Yes, I can. Awesome. All right. So you can see that it's Andrea Haley Shankaran. Mm-hmm. And her gift, which I'm going to see if she can throw in something extra here, but it's your health is your wealth, again, to unlock your entrepreneurial energy, freedom, and flow. Mm-hmm. We have, I want you all to get a screenshot of this. We have her email address there. We have two websites, Good Gut Ayurveda. And then buttered veg food blog, which I think I, you're going to have to tell us a little bit about that one. What's that all about? 
Oh, absolutely. So I actually got my start in sharing my passion after leaving uh, journalism for about 10 years in my food blog. So uh, writing my food blog is how I really got into writing recipes, taking photos, and sharing my passion with the world. So you must visit the Buttered Veg food blog, which is full of vegetarian recipes uh, written by me, completely like fully flavorful, balanced. Um, If you cook one of these recipes, you can experience uh, some of the joy and that balanced foundational experience (laughs) that I was talking about. That's awesome. Well, that kind of goes with what I want you to throw in as an extra Mm -hmm. gift. And that Mm -hmm. is the date recipe. Ah. (laughs) If anybody goes and gets her other gift, maybe she'll throw in that date recipe for you. What do you think? I think um, yeah, I'll do my best to follow up with you. It's not um, public yet, so oh. um, I'm not sure how we can get it to people. Well, but we'll figure something out. Well, put it out on your blog. <laughs> yeah, there I'll you go. A request. <laughs> yeah, put it out on your blog. Everybody, sure. mark mark down that blog address because she's going to put that. Keep an there. eye out. Yes. I want that. That recipe. yes, I'm publishing new recipes there every week. So awesome. Uh huh. So she's on Facebook. She's on, uh, she's got a business page there, Pinterest, Instagram, LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs to go ahead and check those out. Again, her free gift is your health is your wealth, a game to unlock your entrepreneurial energy, freedom and flow. And the link is at the bottom. So definitely all of you, this is the last chance here now to go ahead and before I stop sharing Get that screenshot. Awesome. (laughs) So I just want to say it has been a true pleasure. I know that our guests are going to just really love hearing um, more about you from and visiting your websites. We have um, run out of time, but I want to thank you, Andrea, for um, sharing your story, your tips, wonderful information about you know, what makes what you do so unique, Mm. but it's not unique because it's been around for thousands of years and we just didn't know it. I think that, um, yeah, that's such a good point. The, the audience has, has definitely learned a lot today. And I know I'm very intrigued that as a, a 64 year old that loves to, um, do things to make sure that I have a great, fulfilling life and can chase yes. around a two-year-old oh my goodness. <laughs> grandson grandson nice, I, nice, nice. so uh definitely I think a lot of the things that you said ring very true to what mm-hmm. you know I do mm-hmm. um I want you all to please be sure take advantage of those that screenshot reach out to Andrea ask questions check out her blog and that date recipe and definitely take <laughs> advantage of her free gift So um, I want to just before we end, I always put a plug in for my book that just came out in February um, on Amazon, The Unstoppable, uh, Growing Your Confidence um, is my chapter, chapter five. And um, you can definitely see that um, on Amazon.com. And then I just want to uh, encourage everybody to do what you can to grow your confidence Uh, to be enjoying the journey of life Mm. so that it is one that you will remember and be thankful that 
you had enjoyed that ride you took. Thanks all for being part of our podcast today. And again, I just want to say, say thank you to Andrea. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.